Hello, my name is Josh, and I'm the media director here at Christian Life Austin, and I would like to welcome you to our Wednesday evening podcast. Today we begin a new two-part series entitled The Comparison Trap. In part one, we will dive into the Old Testament and look at the wisdom of Solomon. And now with part one, Pastor Mitch Rose. into a, a teaching series for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I am going to be teaching. If I start preaching, you guys just go to sleep or something, and that way I'll know. Uh, but we're going to get practical for a couple of weeks. Grab your Bible, and uh, we're going to jump into God's Word. Hope you're taking notes tonight, because this is a note-taking kind of night. Thank you, my friend. This is a note-taking kind of night, and I want to help you. I want you to leave here encouraged, and I want to give you some stuff to help you. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably going to leave you in some tension you know, a lot of times we come to church and we kind of expect all the answers. You know what I mean? We come to church and we think, man, if I, you know, I, I just, I want, I want the preacher in the next 30 minutes to sort of tell me the way to fix everything in my life. And we don't sort of stay in that tension. And sometimes the Bible really leaves us in some tense moments. And that, you know what that tension's for? It's for you to leave here and do what it is that you just heard in church, right? And so sometimes you got to go back to the doctor and, and you got to get cut open. And it's, it's a tension. Uh, God could have just healed it there, but there, there was a tension. There were some moments that God has to do some work. And uh, so I'm going to leave you there probably tonight. I probably won't give you the solution, but then you'll come back next week and we'll, uh, we'll kind of wrap it all up together. A wise man once said that if you speak from your weakness, you'll never run out of material. So I'm going to speak from my weakness tonight. And uh, that's sort of the, the genesis of this series was sort of looking at my own life. There's still tons of guests visiting us. Our ushers are helping. Thank you for that. Uh, looking at my own life and sort of seeing something in my own life and I felt like, man, if I'm dealing with this, there may be some other people dealing with this. So I started talking to some people and found out we're, a lot of us are dealing with the same thing. And so we thought, man, maybe you're dealing with this too and maybe we can look at the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about what we're, uh, what we're dealing with. I really thought at my age that I would sort of get over some stuff. Do, do you look at yourself like that sometimes in the mirror and ask yourself? Like, why are you not over this already? Sometimes I look myself in the mirror and I think, man, get it together. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to pull this together. On my way into the sanctuary today, I told somebody, we were talking about something, and he said, you know, you're going to have to fix that. You're the preacher tonight. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have to get it together. And, And sometimes I look at my life and I look at the Bible and I think, man... What my life is doing, what the Bible is telling me to do, sometimes there's a, there's a margin in between that. Does that happen to anybody else but me? So I see the Bible and I see my life and I realize that there's space in between that. And I think, man, I'm old enough to be able to fix that thing. Why am I still dealing with that? And so I'm digging back into the Bible. Tonight is one of those things that I'm still dealing with, okay? Tonight's one of those things I'm still working through. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think probably a lot of people in the room are still working through. I don't know if this is something you really get over. I, I don't know... If this is something that you really can just fix, I think maybe we're designed this way. I thought, I thought at one time maybe we just kind of all, you know, acquired this sickness, but I don't know that we all really acquire this sickness as much as we're all just kind of designed this way. And, and that is this, that I, I tend to compare myself with other people in almost every scenario. I have a bad habit of looking to my right and looking to my left and seeing and judging where I am based on who's standing to my right or to my left. I judge everything in my life based on somebody else and where they're at. There are people in this room who have lived all of July, and you've heard us talk about God, listen close, 
God doing miracles and God healing brain tumors and God just massive financial miracle. And you're sitting in this chair going, why not me? What's wrong in my life? If I'm comparing where I am with where they are, why not me? And we compare our lives with each other like that. And, and, and I find myself, I've got to be honest with you, it's sick. I've got to be honest with you. I, I compare. And so here's what I started doing. I started comparing the way that I compare people to the way other people compare people. And in comparison, we're all in trouble. The truth of the matter is this, that everybody in the room has the same sickness, that I'm looking to my right and left trying to decide what's going on. So this is a great night to be in church because we're going on the ground level of this series. We're going to talk about this called the comparison trap. I want to talk about the comparison trap. I want to talk about the trap of the enemy that keeps us bound comparing ourselves with each other, that keeps us locked into this idea that it's, it's got to be over my right and over my left and, something, and it's, it's just a sickness. And I really, I thought to myself, man, surely I'll get over this. You know, surely there'll come a point when I stop doing this. Surely there'll, there'll come a point in my life when this stuff sort of goes away and I quit doing it. And for me, I got to be honest with you, it started in school. I don't know where it started for you. For me, it started in school. So I kind of blanked out elementary school and middle school. But I remember high school. And so in, in, in high school, this was kind of the way it went. I wasn't an athlete, so I hated the athletes. And I wasn't smart, so I hated all the smart people. I wasn't cool, so I hated all the cool people. Right? So in my high school, it was kind of a small group, you know, that I... <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of just me. It wasn't a whole lot of people like me. And I hated everybody I wasn't like. And I know that you're laughing about that, but the truth of the matter is this. There's a, there's a sickness that lives in each of us that does this. We hate what we aren't. And we hate when somebody has what I don't have. And we hate the fact that God would do something for somebody else when I'm still asking God to do something for and this comparison trap of the enemy, it sort of locks us in this idea. And I'm telling you, it's happened for me all my life. And maybe it's happened for you that way where I'm constantly looking to my left and looking over my right and trying to compare myself. Am I okay? Okay, I'm okay. And then I look over here and I go, man, I'm not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then I look over here at Reed and I think, I'm doing okay. And then I look over here. <laughs> I look over here at Larry and I think, man, I'm not doing okay. And I'm, I'm constantly sort of, I'm, that was a joke. I actually look at, I actually look at Pastor Reed and think, man, I'm doing nothing. It, it, it's a sickness and I keep thinking, man, what, when is this ever going to go away? When can I ever get, when is this ever going to be fixed in me? And, and here's, here's the truth of the matter. Here's, here's what a lot of people want. A lot of people want just a little something extra in their life. A lot of people, it's not so much that you are not content with where you are. It's that you're living in a land I'm going to call the land of Ur. This is the land of Ur, and this is where everybody lives, and this is what we're going to talk about tonight, the land of Ur. If you're taking notes, write that down in your notes. The land of Ur. Let me tell you about the land of Ur. This is where I live. This is probably where you live. The land of Ur is this. I just want to be a few things. I want to be richer. I want to be skinnier. I want to be smarter. I want to be taller. When you combine my lack of height and my girth, 
I want to be prettier. I want to be happier. And this is sort of the land that we live in. Everybody lives in the land of Ur. If I could just be Ur, I just want some more Ur. I want more Ur than you. I want some Ur in my life to make me more Ur than you are. I, I, I'll feel better about me if I'm more Ur than you are. Whatever the thing that you have, I just want Ur. I just want it plus some Ur. And so I come to church and I ask God, God, I just, you don't have to give me a new husband. I just want a. God, I don't, <laughs> I don't want a new wife. I just want a. Now, not me. I got a perfect wife. But, but y'all live in the land of Ur. In the land of Ur, you're always looking for Ur. I want Ur. I need more Ur. And listen, I, I want your stuff plus some Ur. And then we start dating. And we start dating. And we tell, we tell our boyfriend, I just wish you were, were a little bit more Ur. Whatever Ur is. I wish you were a little bit skinny Ur. I, I like who you are. I just wish my girlfriend had some more er. You know what I mean? Then it gets worse. Then we get married. And if you thought dating was bad, when you get married, you really want your spouse to have some more er, right? Suddenly you realize how much er he don't have. (laughs) You thought he had okay, and then you saw somebody else's er, and you wonder why your husband don't have Er. Right? Somebody just said amen that's single. So here's the thing. If you don't get anything else I'm talking about the next couple of weeks, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know, I want you to be honest that I live and you live in the land of Ur and it's not okay. That it's a sickness that you and I have to constantly be looking to our right and left and say, man, I just wish, I would, I, it gets worse when you have kids. So you date, then you get married, and you want a whole lot of earth, and then you have kids. And now you get mean. Because now you start making up stories about how your kid has more earth than their kid does. Right? And they say, our baby just took his first steps. And you say... Yeah, my baby just ran a marathon, you know, and he's a year old. Because you want him to have more er, right? You, you, you always want it to, to, be, to be more. And, and you're looking at somebody else's kids, and they're advanced, and they're reading. And your kid, he don't know up from down. You know what I'm talking about? And you get, I've seen it, so help me. You've, you've, you've done it. I've, watched, I've done it. We look at our kids, and we say, what is your kid? She can read. <laughs> you can't. You're down there drooling, talking about dad, dad, baba. I want them to have more er. Now, here, here, listen. Here's the catchy part. In all of our relationships, our dating, our marriage relationships, when we have kids, here's the sicky part. We always, because we're Christians, so we always dress it up like this. I just want them to do their best. I just want them to be their best. No. You just want them to have er. Uh-huh. 
You just want them to have more of what... You're just constantly looking at your kids and, and you're constantly looking at your spouse and you're constantly looking at other people. And listen, you like it when other people mess up. You like it when their kids mess up, right? Because that doesn't make your kid look so bad. And they're telling you the story about their kids. They're telling you the story about their marriage and you're a Christian so you're sitting there and you're kind of, oh, God, that's terrible. You get in the car and you say, I knew that thing was dumb. I knew he was. He couldn't be that smart. Listen, I, listen, I know it's funny. I know you got to know how evil this is. Listen, you got to know how sick this is of humanity that we're constantly comparing ourselves to each other. We're constantly evaluating where I am based on where somebody else is. And, and, then, and then here's another side of it. Then, then you realize that there are times in your life when you do have more err than somebody else has, right? There, there's a time when you look at them and, and you realize you're prettier than they are. You're smarter than they You know what you do when you do that? You start walking around thinking, well, at least I ain't dumb like that. You know, right? Well, at least our kids aren't ugly. You know, like theirs. Or, or you look at the other side of the equation. Listen, you look at the other side of the equation. You say, man, the, they have more er than us. I notice she's a little heavier than I am. Right? I notice they're a little poorer than we are. I notice their kids are a little slower than we are. You understand what we do? We all live in the land of er. We all live in this land where I'm nerdy, but he's nerdier. Right? I'm fat, but he's... Right. And you're always evaluating. And you look to... Come here, Pastor. Come here, Pastor Reed. Hurry, 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 hurry. Pastor Johnson, join me. And you look to your left and you think, well, I got more earth than him. And you look to your right and you think, I don't have as much err as him. And by the way, he pays me and he don't. <laughs> Listen. And if you're not careful, you live your life. And whatever level these errs are on is the level you stay on. Because you're constantly evaluating yourself in comparison to who I have more than and who I have less than. And you get stuck. Listen, you get stuck in the land of Ur. And you never move anywhere else. And you make your habitat in the land of Ur. And nobody ever moves forward. And so when they have a bad marriage, guess what? I can have a better marriage. I, I can do something crazier than that. I can do Because you stay on the same level. And you, and you start looking around and all your friends have the exact same problem you got. You know why? Because you're constantly in this battle, looking over your left, looking over your right, thinking, which one am, am, I, am I okay? I'm okay. I'm better than him. I'm not better than her. I'm better than him. I'm not better than her. And then there's this, don't point at anybody in the room, but there's this, there's this subgroup of people that are like one step above all of this. And these are the people that aren't just happy with er. They want to be more than er. I got to be rich est, Right? I got to be the skinny est. I can't just be skinnier than her. I got to be the skinny est in the family. I got to be the smart est. You don't know anybody like this, do you? Yeah. Uh, don't point at nobody. <laughs> I got to be the tall est. I got to be the pretty est. I got to be the happy est. I, 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 it's got to be, I, I want to be in a, in a league all on my own. I want to be est. 
I, I, I can't just do my best and reach my full potential. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. We're going we're to look in the Bible, and I promise you the Bible says there's nothing wrong with you reaching your full potential, doing your best. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you constantly comparing and working, thinking, man, I, I just got to do more so I can be more-er than them. I got to do more so I can be est in my life. And let me be honest with you. Let me get right to the crux. Listen close. The most exhausting experience you can have is to live your life in the land of Ur. To live your life constantly looking around at who's got more and who's got less. Who drives in a nicer car? Who drives in a car not as nice as yours? Who lives in a nice home? How do I get that nice home? How do I have that nice car? I wish I could have that family, those clothes, that job, that office, that home, that car. I wish I just had a little bit more earn. And, and, and there's some people in this room, you're way healthier than me, and, and you don't deal with none of that. You don't hate people that are, that are not like you, and I understand that. I get that. You're way healthier. There's another group of people in here, listen, you're not as healthy. You just mask it. Let me tell you what those people are. You don't mind other people having more. You just hate you. You don't, you don't hate them. You just hate you. And so you walk around hating me. You, it's not that you don't like them. You go beyond not liking them. When you look in the mirror, you start blaming you. And the reason you don't like you is you fill in the blank. You say, I'll never be as... And, and I'll never be able to be... And you start hating you instead of hating them. I've hated them so long it hasn't changed them. They're still blessed. They still have a nice car, a nice house. Listen, you can't hate that stuff away, right? And so they still have that. And so then your hate goes to you. And now, now it's internal. And you look in the mirror and you think, man, what do I do about this? And listen, there's a ton of people who sit in my office, sit in these pastors' office, who have lived their lives, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, always chasing er more. Happier and prettier and skinnier and skinny-esque and happy-esque and rich-esque. And they hate everybody who's got more and they start hating themselves. And at 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, you sit inside of an office and you're broken inside because you've lived your life comparing yourself to everybody else. And if you don't catch anything else I'm saying, if you fall asleep in the next 30 seconds, listen. If you don't come back the rest of the, if you don't come back next week, you don't do anything. Here's what I want you to see. This is the big idea. I want you to write this down. Here's the bottom line. There is no win in comparison. There is no win in comparison. There's no satisfaction. There is no end of the road for comparison. There is nothing that you get to and it's finally over with. Listen to some of you. There's some of us in the room. You're in debt because of you living in the land of Ur. Right? You bought stuff you couldn't afford so you could have more er than they had. You, you, you drive things and live in things and wear things and eat things and vacation at places that you shouldn't have done because you saw what they did. L- let, me tell you the, let me tell you the downside of our culture. Unfortunately, social media has exemplified the land of er. Right? Some of us never, our kids wear diapers 24 hours a day until, the, until our camera comes out. And then on Instagram, we put them in whatever nice thing we bought, right? Because <laughs> we want everybody to think this is how our kid always looks, right? And a moment ago, he had his head in a bag of Cheetos with a diaper on. 
And you open up that app and you think, God, why do their kids always look so good? I wish my kids were prettier and smarter and, and nicer. And, and what you don't know is they pose that whole picture. That kid ate that phone when that picture was over with. Listen, never judge your script by somebody else's highlight reel. Don't ever judge your life based on the highlight. Nobody puts pictures on, and if they do, they just want you to feel sorry for them. Puts pictures on there of their kids with a bowl of cereal on top of their head and ain't been bathed in two or three weeks or just messing up. Nobody does that. And social media sort of exemplifies this idea that you, you need what I have. And so we walk around feeling terrible about it and we, we do things we shouldn't do. We drive our spouse crazy. I just wish you would dress more like... I laid you something out on the bed over there because you look terrible. <laughs> Listen, that's not about him being slouchy or so, No, 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 no. That's about comparison. That's about when we go out. I, I know her husband dresses nice. Why can't you dress nice like him? Right? And you're driving your spouse away with her. And you're driving your wife away. Somebody, somebody tweets a picture of dinner and you're, and you're eating a bologna sandwich. And you're thinking... Baby, why can't you be more er like she is? You're driving your spouse crazy. Listen to me. Look at me. You're driving your kids crazy. You're pushing your kids to be somebody they aren't so that you can compare to where everybody else's kids are. You're pushing your kids into arenas that you weren't good at, hoping they would be better at so that you can compare yourself. And everybody in every relationship, there are, there are relatives in your life you don't even talk to anymore. You know why? Because you're jealous. Because of the comparison in your life, you can't get to that. It is so dangerous where we get to. So here's what I want to ask you. Listen, I said all that to say this. In light of this problem, sickness, that you and I have, and we have it, what are we going to do about the comparison trap? How are we going to fix a trap that locks us into comparing all constantly, looking to my left, looking to my right. Am I okay? I'm okay. Am I not okay? I'm not okay. Are they better? Am I better? Are they are, am, am envious of that? Listen, in the Bible, there are two gospel writers in the Bible that tell this story. When Jesus was brought to Pilate, that Pilate listens to the crowd. And here's what happened. The crowd, in two gospel accounts, the crowd is envious of, of Jesus. They're jealous of Jesus because Jesus has a crowd of people following him. Jesus has people in the crowd that love him. Jesus has people in the crowd that were healed by him and performed miracles. And some people in the crowd are, are jealous and Pilate recognizes this jealousy. Listen, comparison drove those people to crucify somebody. Listen, I'm not telling you you do that physically. But there's a lot of people in the room who crucify other people. Based on our comparison. Based on them having more than I have. The, the, the Bible says this. Listen, I'm not just coming up with this. We're, we're going to look at Solomon t- tonight for just a couple more minutes. And then next week we're going to look in the New Testament. But I wanted to dive into the Old Testament. I just love the way Solomon deals with this issue. And he wrote in Proverbs. He says this about people that do that. You think that's terrible? Here's what Solomon said. He said, envy rots the bones. It rots the bones. Envy does not just make you ugly. Envy kills you from the inside out. Comparison will rot. Listen to me. Look at me in the eyes. 
Envy will rot you from your core. At the foundation of who you are, if you live your life in comparison, it has a way of rotting you from the inside out. And you'll come to church and you can still smile because you can have rotten bones and have a smile, right? And everything looks okay and then you get in the car and your husband knows and your wife knows and your kids know and everybody close to you knows that you are rotten at the bone level because of envy. Because of comparison. So this wisest man who ever lived, this the, uh, Solomon, just an incredible guy. And, and I, I love sort of the way he deals with this issue. Now listen, if you're new to the Bible, you're new to faith, we're going to dive into the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you're, kinda, if you're not a Bible person, you think, man, I don't know about all that. I want you to read the book of Ecclesiastes. You're going you're to read the book of Ecclesiastes and you think, man, you're going like to find yourself shaking your head going, that sounds good. That sounds good. I think that's the word to a song. That sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds good. Ecclesiastes, uh, it's not spooky. It's got no miracles. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're new to the Bible and you think, man, where can I go? There's a ton of wisdom in Ecclesiastes. And Solomon writes the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, Solomon is the wisest man the Bible said who's ever lived. Outside of Jesus, he's the wisest man who ever lived. Solomon created one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. He's the wealthiest person in his lifetime. Kings and queens of other countries would come to Solomon's house just to see what he had and just to sit at his feet and learn of his wisdom. He's the wisest man. And so Solomon addresses this issue. We're almost done. Solomon addresses this issue of comparison. And I love the way he says this in Ecclesiastes 4. He said, I saw that. Everybody say all. Everybody say all. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, I saw that all toil, everything that we were doing, and all of our achievement spring from one person's envy of another. Solomon said that everything in life, when I looked around at it, I've been watching people, Solomon said. I've been taking an inventory of people. I've been studying their behavior. And here's what I found out. Everybody's looking at everybody else. Solomon said, I, when I started looking at people, I realized that everything that we do, all work, all toil, and all achievement is really me looking at someone else and comparing myself to what they have. Now, I've got to be honest with you. When I read this for the first time, I, thought to my, I literally thought to myself, this was 3,000 years ago and this problem existed. I'm not doing too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not just me right? It's not just you. This is a human problem. This is a 3,000-year-old problem. But Solomon didn't stop there. I love the way he does it. Not only did he say, here's the issue, that everybody here, everything we deal with is one person envying another. He said, here's what I think about that issue. This too is meaningless. And it's chasing after the wind. He said, this is what I think about Comparing yourself to one another. It's meaningless and it's like chasing after the wind. Now somebody would say, man, Solomon, chasing after the wind, you can't really do that. Come on, that's the point. There is no end to comparison. There is no wind in comparison. You can't chase the wind and finally catch it. Listen, you can't, fi- you can't finally get enough where you're satisfied. Somebody said one time, I, we were talking about, I don't know, Pastor, we were talking about sports, or, or if we were talking about sports, I wasn't talking about it, but y'all were talking about it. And we were talking about how much they were making, and somebody said, man, why, how is that not enough? Let me tell you how that's not enough, because it's never enough. That's how it's not enough. Because 
When you're comparing, I only have $10, but he's got $20. It's chasing after the wind. I've got $10 million, but she's got $20 million. You understand how there's no end to this? There is no wind in comparison. And Solomon said, when I looked at that, I realized I'm just chasing after the wind. There's nothing I can do. And so I know there's some people in the room that are going, that lets me know that I don't have to work so hard. (laughs) That kind of gives me an out. No, it doesn't give you an out. Here's what he said in, in, in verse 5. He said, fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. He said, listen, you want to wreck your life? Not only do you compare yourself to other people, but you just fold your hands up and say, I don't even care anymore. You ever met somebody that just stopped caring? You ever met somebody like that? Pastor, Pastor Josh, who, who used to serve with us here, a dear friend of mine, we used to say when we would counsel people, we, none of y'all people, we never did this to you folks, but other people who would call us from outside for counseling. And, and here's what we would say. And... And we're both from Arkansas, so you'll have to just understand when, when I say this, you can't help somebody that won't comb their hair, right? You can't help them. If you'll get up out of bed and you'll go out and you won't comb your hair, you can't help nobody like that, right? You ever met somebody just gave up? Just quit. Just quit trying. I don't even care. I'm not combing my hair today. I know I've wore these clothes for three or four days. I don't even care. I'm just giving up. And Solomon said, listen, just as bad as comparing yourself to other people is people that fold their hands. And when you do that, you ruin yourself. So he's not giving us sort of an out right there. He's not telling us that, man, you don't compare, you just fold your hands. He said, no, you can't do that. There's something in between that. So how do I do that? How do I flesh this out? How do I fix this comparison? This is a trap. How do I get out? And he said, here's the answer. Listen, listen close. Here's the answer. I would rather have... One handful. Everybody take one hand and close it like this and hold it out in front of you. Don't close the other one. I want to have one handful with tranquility than two handfuls, clench both hands out in front, with toil and chasing after the wind. Now hold them just like this. Now listen. Here's what he said. He said, I would rather, open up one hand, have one handful And have a hand open for some peace in my life. Then I would clench both of my fists together. And try to hold on to as much as I can get. Hey, hey, how are you clapping? You got your hands together. Come on, Pastor Randy, let's go. Hold your hands out. He said, the way to live and cure yourself, listen to me, the way to win the comparison trap is to learn to live with one hand full and the other hand open. Everybody look at your clenched hand and say, it's enough. I'm enough. Listen, my car is enough. Our house is enough. My clothes are enough. My kids are enough. My husband's enough. My spouse is enough. My wife is enough. Now listen. This is free. I don't even... It's not even going to be on the screens. Listen. Keep your hands. What are you doing? Keep your hands. The great thing about living this way is this hand is now open to serve and to give and to help somebody whose hand is empty. 
This hand is, if this hand is always busy holding on to everything you can possibly hold on to, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get frustrated because you don't have three hands. You're going to start using your feet. You're going to start holding on to everything you possibly can. Listen, hang on. I got two more minutes. Can you do two more minutes? Okay, put your hands down. I just did that so he would feel like I was closing. Listen. He said, not only is this the cure. Listen to me. This is the cure for comparison. He said, but here's what I found out about. I saw something else meaningless under the sun. Now listen, Solomon's a a funny guy. Like, he had church and he told everybody, listen, I'm just going to talk about a bunch of meaningless things, okay? It was a negative message, I don't know. But he said, come to think of it, here's something else meaningless. Solomon just kind of gets indignant about it. And he says, here's something else I saw. He said in verse 8, there was a man who was all alone. There was a man who was all alone and he had nothing. He didn't have a son or a brother. He didn't have anybody to leave his stuff to. Now listen, listen to me. Look, you couldn't leave your stuff to your wife 3,000 years ago, okay? You couldn't leave things to women. So here's what he's saying. There's a man that I know. You ever tell a story like that? I've got a friend. i got a friend who is alone. And he didn't have any wives and he didn't have a son or a brother to leave something to. And there was no end to his toil. And yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. There was a man that I saw that worked all the time and never got content with what he had. And here, listen, here's where we're going to end. Here's the question, here's the tension I want you to feel. Solomon said, Here's my question for the hearer. Who am I doing this for anyway? Solomon said, when I give you the answer to comparison, it's about learning to live with one hand closed and the other hand with tranquility, peace, comfort, joy, happiness. He said, when I give you that cure, there's still a man that I know who works all the time and isn't content. And here's the question that Solomon said the man should ask himself. For whom am I toiling? And he asked. And then Solomon answered, This too is meaningless. And it's miserable. My question to you is this. For whom are you toiling? For whom are you working extra hours? Is it really for or so that you can have more er. For whom are you pushing your kids into sports? Is it, is it really for them? Or is it so you can have kids that are more er than their kids? Listen, when you sit down with your spouse, are you really just trying to help him? Or are you just trying to make him more? The, the, the relative that won't call you anymore, is it, is it really that, that y'all just can't get along? Or are you jealous of how much more er they have? Solomon said, here's the question to end the questions. Who, 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 who am I doing this for anyway? Who am I doing all this working for anyway? Who, who am I doing all this pushing for anyway? And then Solomon answers his own question. He says, you know what? This is a miserable business to be in. This is a miserable business to be in. This is a miserable way to live your life in the comparison trap. So my question for the next seven days till we get back together next Wednesday night is this. 
for whom are you toiling? I want you to get up in the morning and I want you to think, man, what am I, who, who am I really? What's this really about? If this decision is based on what she's doing, what he's got, what they're driving, what they live in, how their kids are dressed, what their kids are involved in, how their spouse, how their marriage. If everything I'm doing, I want to know for whom am I doing this. If every decision you make, listen, over the next seven days till we, till we meet in this topic again, if every decision you make, you filter through, Who's this for anyway? And if this isn't for a better marriage and a better relationship with God and a healthier me, then I got to cut out the need to be her. I'm going to start shaving away the things in my life that I'm comparing to somebody else. My brothers and sisters, it's a trap. And we all live in the land of Ur. Bow your heads, let's pray. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.